Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Layla. And I'm Sophia. And, and we, we are unapologetic. unapologetic. Welcome to our new episode. On today's episode, we will talk about a topic that is often neglected the reality of death. Recently, I spent time with a dying man. And it's crazy because as human beings, you know, death is often a topic that nobody likes to talk about. And when we do have interactions with death, it's either at a funeral in which you're praying on a body and that's pretty much where it ends. But spending time with this man taught me a lot. It taught me that ultimately all you have is yourself. All you have is what you put forth and what you put right in between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we sat by his bedside and read Quran on him and finished just after just, it hit me that ultimately what matters is what he read of the Quran. Ultimately what matters is, you know, if he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. Because although everyone in the room was begging for his forgiveness and pleading with him to say the shahada, all that matters is if he did these things for himself. And oftentimes we neglect this. You see people constantly saying, if I ever die, I want X, Y, and Z to happen at my janazah, or I want such and such of a person to do qayr for me. But that doesn't matter. What matters is how were you as an individual? What was your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now, when I looked at this man, his body began to become cold, starting from his feet up. And the nurse looked at me and said, this is the point of no return. The person doesn't come back from this. And when you think about that as human beings, the one thing that we love and adore is our bodies. Before we go outside, we make sure we look right. We, we make sure that we look presentable, right? If we're cold, the first thing that we do is we put on layers to make ourselves warm. But yet this same person at the time of their death, they're not able to express if they're feeling cold or not. They're not able to go and get a blanket to warm themselves up. And when you really put it into perspective and you think about it, your whole life, was it really worth it? If you disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your whole life, and now at the time of your death, you're dying and you're reflecting and you're thinking about the life that you lived, ultimately, was your sins really worth it? Was your sins worth the rest of your eternity to be at stake for you to be going to hellfire because of sins that you could have avoided for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake? And there's so much more lessons that I drew from this. And it recently got me and Sophia talking about life and death and the whole purpose of life. You know, death is one of those topics that's it's very hard to swallow. And it's the elephant in the room. People like to talk about everything but death because it's scary. We don't know what to expect. We don't know anything unless we experience that. So when I think about death and what it means to me, it isn't the end. Because some people think that we live, we die, and that's that's everything, right? But as Muslims, we know that that's only the beginning. This entire life was a mirage. We're chasing after something, we're chasing, but it's not really ours. It's not really there. You know, sometimes when you're in grasp of something, when you're when something is in reach of you and you think you grab it and then it's still farther away. That's exactly what life is when I think about it. And I feel like when we die or when I die, I'm going to get my right prescription, right? I'm living without glasses my entire life, kind of making sense of something, kind of squinting here, not sure of what's going to happen. But when I die, that's when everything becomes clear. What I put forth, I will see it. What I didn't put forth, I will see it, right? And subhanAllah, it's so scary because death is one of the only things that are certain in our lives, right? We live, everything in between life and death is kind of a blur. I choose to obey Allah, I choose to disobey Allah. But once I die, 
That's when everything becomes real. And subhanAllah, Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Jum'ah, verse number 8, Indeed, the death from which you flee, indeed, it will meet you. So even thinking about this, like imagine something chasing you and it's not like you can outrun it. Like, you know, sometimes in this dunya, maybe a dog is chasing us. We can outrun that dog. We can, you know, run into our houses, lock our doors and we're safe. When it's our time to go, there's nothing that we can do to delay that. There's nothing that we can do to plead to Allah and say, Allah, just take me in a few more months. Take me in a few more years because our time is up. So ultimately, you know, it gets me thinking, what am I doing before my time comes up? Because I won't get anything else. I won't have any other chances. And we have all had our share of experiences with the death, whether that's going to the masjid and hearing that there's a janazah after duhr prayer or, you know, having a loved one die or having to see the body of someone wrapped up in white. When was the first time you realized that death was real? You know, growing up as a child, um, nobody in my immediate family died, alhamdulillah. So for me, death was actually a foreign concept. No one in my family died. No one in my family had major health issues, alhamdulillah. And it was at a period when I finished high school. And I remember my plan in life was always, you know, finish high school and after high school, start practicing your religion. And I vividly remember that night I was coming home and I, I looked at my phone and I had about 18 missed calls. And, you know, nobody really calls me that much. So I, I answered the phone call and somebody told me that one of my friends had passed away. And it was right then and there that I, I was like, what? They died? What does that mean? I couldn't even understand that whole concept because nobody that I knew had ever passed away. And when I really understood it, I remember I was in the room and I was saying bye to my friend. And it just so happened that I was in the room the same time that her sister was in the room saying bye to her. And when I looked at her sister saying bye to her for the first time in my life, I realized that I would no longer be the same person ever again because... When I looked at that, it was a love so pure. You know, between two siblings, nothing can come in between them. And when I seen, you know, my friend holding on to her sister's body, and I knew right then and there that she would she would exchange the world and what was within it to get her sister back that day. And I realized that there had to be a greater purpose behind everything. Allah is so merciful that he would never allow us to endure that pain without joy coming from it in the ultimate decision, you know, at the end of everything. And I had to make sense of it right then and there because a love that pure has to lead somewhere. A love that pure doesn't just end in this dunya. Family ties don't just end here when we're in a grave and we walk away from each other. It's more than that. And that's why from that day forward, I said to myself, you know, I have to live my life proving that I know that death is real. And you know what's so beautiful about that is your friend doesn't know how much her death impacted you for the better. And she'll only be able to see that in the hereafter, subhanAllah. I feel like for me, I have experienced a few deaths in my close uh, family. But I know there's one that really sticks out to me um, and that's my cousin who passed away. And subhanAllah, she dealt with a lot of health issues and she was tested with her health a lot. And despite that, she was the happiest person. She would always check in on us. She would always be the person that would message me randomly on Facebook asking how I was doing. And I remember that when she died, I didn't believe it. This is someone that was sick for a very long time, but when she finally died, for some reason, it was hard for me to swallow. It was hard for me to, to realize that she was no longer with us. And 
the scariest thing and, you know, the most real thing about it all is I was one of the people that had to get rid of her belongings. And subhanAllah, thinking about her story, she just recently moved into this house. You know, we opened her fridge. She had groceries that didn't even expire, but she wasn't there. Imagine you planning and saying, I'm going to have all of these things in my house and you don't have the life to enjoy it. It's crazy to think about because even these groceries that she bought for herself, it wasn't written for her to enjoy. It wasn't written for that food to be a means of energy for her, subhanAllah. Your home is your most beloved place. You know, it's a place that we can truly be ourselves. We can truly relax. And after a long day, we look forward to sleeping in our beds and just being in our own company, in our own personal space. But the truth is, it isn't even ours. There's going to come a time where people will have to clean up our homes. People will have to clean up our closets. And that's when it really hit me that nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary. You know, the same way those groceries expired, we have an expiration date. And the thing is, we don't know what our expiration date is, right? It's not like it's labeled on us. And that's the scary thing, subhanAllah. You know, when you hear stories like this, it really just puts everything into perspective. And it makes you think, like, how do you look at life when essentially you're really just living to die, right? And when I look at it, like, sometimes you think about death and you feel hopeless. You feel like, there's an invisible clock over your head and time is just ticking and it's leaving and you are going to die. So what's the point of getting attached to anyone or anything in this dunya? But for me, I always have to make sure that I disconnect and remind myself of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because ultimately I can prepare as much as I want for death. I can stand in prayer every night and fast every single day. But the only thing that is going to get me through the trials of the grave, through the day of judgment and into Jannah is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you can prepare but it will never be enough for paradise and that's why as muslims we have to remain hopeful like i know the topic of death is depressing and it's sad and it weighs heavy on our hearts you know but we have to also look at the brighter side that everything will come together for a reason i always love this saying that if you live long enough you'll see everything you'll see people die and you'll see people you know being born but you have to keep your eyes on the prize as a muslim that's literally what it is as a muslim it's having you know a focal point and you're zoned into that point and everything else is just background noise you can't really hear it it's neither here it's neither there but you're focused on your relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and becoming the best muslim that you can be you know we were given beautiful advice by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to remember death often because it's the greatest destroyer of pleasures and in this dunya there's a lot of things that our heart can attach to our heart can attach to people to material things but when we remind ourselves of death that's when we detach that's when we actually remember there's a bigger picture there's more to my life than just eating, breathing, sleeping, waking up. There's more to it, right? Because we are taught to worship Allah, to be in a state of remembrance of Allah until the certainty of death comes to us. And subhanAllah, like we are given this advice of remember death often, but do we remember our dead often? The sad reality is that we don't remember death often. And, you know, when somebody that we love passes away, 
in that moment, you know, for those few weeks when the pains of death are with us, we, you know, our salads are on point, our Quran recitation is on point, our relationship with Allah is at its pinnacle. But as soon as we've healed from this person's passing, the reminder of death doesn't hit us as hard anymore. And when we think about that person, we feel sorrow, we feel sad for them, but we're not in the same original state that we were when we first got the news of this person's passing. And even, you know, if you visit the graves, you'll see that they're empty. You know, they, there's not there's not a lot of people that go and visit the graves and visit their families. That in itself is sad. The fact that the people that claim to love you the most, as soon as you die, they're the first ones to forget you. And yes, somebody can go and build a well for you or somebody can open up a school for you. But what's after that? Is that just where it ends? Do people stand up in the last third of the night and beg Allah for mercy for you? Do people give sadaqah for you? Was anyone worried if you made up any missing days from Ramadan? Essentially, what is love if it doesn't go far beyond death? If it just ends at death, you never really loved that person. You were never really that person friend and I always make it a point to tell people that don't be someone's friend in this life be their friend in the hereafter be their friend at a time where they need friends the most in this world somebody can do whatever they need to for themselves they're not in need of another person but when a person is dead they're in need of righteous friends to continue to remember him and to do good for him so isn't it upon us then to choose the kind of friends that we can bank on that fit the criteria that we need that we know will remember us we need the kind of friends that will take lessons from our death, that will hear of our death, and from that day forward, do things devoted sincerely for the sake of Allah. And majority of our friendships are based on laughter and play. And if you really think about it, that's the total opposite of why we're alive, right? Because you're living to die. It's not laughter and it's not play. So even your friendships have a very, you know, serious role in your life. And all of our friendships are based on, you know, laughter and play and technically nonsense. And the Prophet ﷺ said that if you knew what I knew, you would laugh little and cry more. What does that mean? The Prophet ﷺ had ilm and such yaqeen in the hereafter that he knew this dunya was nothing to joke about. Ali ibn Abi Talib once said, even if I were to see Jannah in front of me, I wouldn't love it more. And if I were to see hellfire in front of me, I wouldn't fear it more. When you look at this statement, this is Iman. This is belief. And he had certainty. He didn't need to see Jannah in order to believe it. And nor does he need to see hellfire in order to believe it. And I feel like with us, it's as if we deal with death as if it isn't certain. When in fact, it's very certain. We can't live our lives knowing that we're going to die and do nothing to prepare for it. Think about an exam that we have. Sometimes we spend the entire night awake preparing for that exam because we know in the morning we will have to sit and write this exam. Death is greater than that. That exam is just one day, but our death determines our eternity. So why is it that we don't prepare for it? Why is it that we don't send good ahead for it? Actions speak louder than words, and we can't continue saying over and over again, indeed, we belong to Allah, and indeed, to Him we will return, but not believe it, at the core. Hassan al-Basri once said that I have never seen anything more certain, but that people deal with as if it is uncertain than death. And by that, he meant that people don't prepare for death, even though they know that it's coming 100%. So to anyone listening, we really hope that you take away from this podcast that 
You have time now. You might not have the time tomorrow. Whatever good you intend for your future, start now. If you have a goal to one day make hajj, start a savings right now. If you have a goal to memorize the Quran, open up your mushaf and start memorizing it today. Don't wait for tomorrow because so many people died in the process of waiting for tomorrow. And so many people died and they were never given the ability to make toba. So if you have sound intellect and you know in your heart that you want to change and you want to become better, then do it. Life is a dance with death so why gamble with something that is so precious something that is eternity how many people will have to rise up and meet Allah while he is displeased with them in an act or in a state displeasing to their Lord how many people died dishonorable deaths because of that one bad choice that one choice that led them off the edge and then now look at people who die in the most beautiful of ways, in the most beautiful of places. And who's to say that that person is different than you? It all comes down to asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to return back to him in the most beautiful of ways. And it is possible. It's more than possible. But we have to live our lives trying to make that a reality. This is where the whole topic of leaving a legacy comes into hand. Because some people die and their death goes, you know, unnoticed, unmentioned, and that's it. They die and they're cut off from the world. But then you see other people that they die, but their works are still alive, but their books are still in rotation. But the edges that they used to do is still being written for them. And when I think about my personal death, there was always a dua that I used to make and I continue to make that, oh Allah, do not take me in vain. Don't take me without having had fulfilled a purpose in this world like I don't want to die and you know my life was just nothing it was just raising a family and having a life and practicing my religion for myself I don't want my death to have been selfish that I died and it's just between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I want my death to have benefited the ummah I want while I'm alive to benefit the ummah and I feel like a lot of times in this life, everything is so mechanical. Like you go to school, you get married, you have kids that nobody has time to sit down and plot out their life. Like maybe I want to write a book before I die. Maybe I want to start a school before I die. Maybe I want to learn the Quran before I die. We don't really have time to put a, a plan, you know, into works because our whole life we're just in toil, like go, go, go. But it's like one day eventually you'll stop. And what do you have to show for it? Because imagine going to school for 10 years and you still don't have a degree. Anyone would look at you like you're crazy now imagine leaving this dunya and you have nothing to show for it all you had to show for it was that you were in your house and you were pious by yourself you never benefited anybody else you never warned anyone else you never advised anyone else when the people needed help your ears were closed from them when somebody you know when a, when a muslim person had a need you really didn't care all you cared about was nafsi nafsi but the prophet what did he care about ummati ummati right and that's i feel like that's what we have to you know incorporate in our lives that you know don't die in vain leave a legacy even if you have kids teach them from a young age that we don't just live and we die we live and we leave something to remain behind and then we die when we first start practicing there's always this newfound zeal and love for the dean you know we want to help people we want to attend all the classes we want to share the knowledge that we have we want to buy people books and abayas and jilbabs and everything and then it kind of just slowly stops but why does it have to stop and it should never stop. But you know, when I think about a legacy, I think about one word and that word is sincerity. Imagine me doing all of these things and then coming to see that it's turned to dust because I wasn't doing it for the sake of Allah. And subhanAllah, a legacy doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grand. Your name doesn't have to be on a school. Your name doesn't need to be on some big plaque, but your name should be mentioned in the heavens. That's what we should strive for. And we can only do that if we are sincere.
Imagine living a life that every time a person met you or met with you, they remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That whenever a person saw you, they were reminded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the type of person we should strive to be. That, you know, after we die, it's like people remember that whenever they seen us, they remembered Allah. Whenever they seen us, they left better than they came in. It's not that people just met us for fun and we were popular and everyone knew us. It's that every relationship I have has substance to it. I don't just make relationships to add to the quantity of how much people that I know. Rather, I make relationships to add to the quality of people's lives and my own life. And the truth is people are going to be remembered regardless. Some people are remembered because of their jokes. Some people are remembered because of their sense of style. And then some people are remembered because of the goodness that they brought forth, because of the mountains they moved. And then some people, it's sad to say, but their death brings relief because of the stress they would only bring people, because of the negativity that would exude from them. And then some people, the environment and the people around them mourn them and they're so sad because they lost a gem. And all of this has me thinking about an ideal death, like what an ideal death actually means. And for me, when I think about that, I feel like there is no ideal death because all of us will die and we hate death. And no matter how much you prepare for death, you're never really ready because there's always that doubt of, is it accepted from me? Was everything worth anything at the end of the day? Was I sincere in everything? Did, you know, did I set my matters right with the people? Is there one person that I did, you know, wrong to? Is there one thing that I didn't set aside? And I think a reason, you know, that this topic is so scary to a lot of us is that we are not prepared for it and we understand that we're not prepared for it and that's why remembering death often and actually being able to face that reality and understand that it's approaching and it's soon approaching that's when we can increase in our taqwa and taqwa is that thing that is going to lead us to jannah the thing is whenever we talk about death it's always in third person so it's never about us like the other day I was making notes with a friend of mine and we were discussing the hereafter and whatnot. And it was crazy because I had in a moment where I said, you do realize we are literally writing an autobiography about ourselves. Like the, you're just taking notes, but these are things that 100% will happen to us. And I feel like that's how it is with death, with our generation. It's like we hear about everyone, but it's everyone else except us. Somebody died. It's, oh, okay, you know, may Allah have mercy on the person. But we sort of have this in our mind, whether or not we want to admit it, that everyone is going to die except us. But in reality, it's like everyone has their own time and the angel of death visits you every single day. So how do you know which day will be your last? Death is written for all of us. And one day it will be me. And one day it will be you. And we will be washed and we will be shrouded and we will be preyed upon and we will be put into the ground and dirt will cover us. And we won't be able to pray again. And we won't be able to make that sajda. We won't be able to read that ayah of the Quran. Was it all worth it? We spend our lives decorating our homes in this dunya. But what deeds have we done to decorate our homes in the hereafter? Our final abode. Umar anhu said, Every day it is said, so and so has died. But one day will come when it will be said, Umar has died. We hope that you have all benefited from this episode. Do not allow what you have listened to to be a witness against you on the day of judgment. May the comfort of your grave far exceed the comfort of your bed. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.